No playing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to D20 Dudes, a tabletop role-playing podcast where the die decides our topic. I am Dylan, and today we will speak on the arts of war in the game Tenra Bancho Zero. The Arts of War are a special set of skills that a few archetypes have, although you are, of course, free to build your own archetypes that use these skills. Uh, but they, they're things that pretty significantly change the way your character will approach combat. Archetypes can be all kinds of interesting things from the Kongoki, who are robots who have trapped human souls inside of them, to... Roy armor pilots, people piloting giant mecha, and things like analytists who have insects in their body that they control, and the um, Onmyoji who can summon Shikigami spirits to do their bidding for them. But the arts of war are for those pure combative characters, the, the warriors, the true fierce monsters of combat, the people who go and ride out and want to do the slaughtering themselves up close and personal. The Arts of War are special schools of warrior training. They provide a series of tools to overcome, succeed, and kill on the battlefield. In Tenra, all variations of Arts of War were born not from the isolated idyllic dojo, but from the battlefield. These arts are known by various names, such as Kenpo, Kenjutsu, or Kung Fu, each of one... Apologies each one with their own tools, practice, and philosophy. Although their methods may differ, they have the same basic purpose. They provide the warrior the most efficient methods to kill or defeat their enemies. But within Tenra's war arts, there exists no special etiquette or complicated forms to memorize. Those are exercises born in periods of peace, techniques to attempt to carry the purity of the style even while it stagnates from the lack of real-world use. In Tenra, war is constant. Techniques are tested and refined on real battlefields. Power is everything. After experiencing hundreds of battles, those that are especially gifted at defeating their enemies are said to begin feeling a special something in the midst of combat. Those who have felt that something indeed struggle to discover and define its, its essence. They do so even at the expense of finding a lasting inner peace. Only the strong can rise from the tattered wasteland that is the mental struggle I'm sorry, only the strong can rise from the tattered wasteland that this mental struggle leaves behind. That is the way of the arts of war. I tend to try and speak faster than I can read, and that's going to show through a lot today. There are those for whom the art of war is their lifeblood. For these individuals, the skills for killing and winning which they have mastered are their food and drink, their very livelihood in all meanings of the word. They fight to live and live to fight. It is in the nature of the warrior to make their strength known to the world. This is a time of warring states. Most warriors serve a master. Vassal lords of every domain all wish to employ strong minions, for their very lives depend on maintaining a strong army. For this reason, every soldier under their service is instructed in the arts of war. Those who serve their vassal lord teaching a particular art of war are called war masters. Most lords employ at least one war master. This serves as both a display of martial power and prevents other lords from employing that same strong warmaster. However, not every warrior serves a lord. Many serve as ronin warriors roaming the world of Tenra. 
The story of Karasuma Shiro, said to be the founder of the dragon and tiger style, is one of the most well-known. Throughout his life, he fought over 400 battles and lost not one. The story goes that one day, finally tiring of battle, he climbed a mountain and took the name Koan Hajime. There, living the life of an ascetic, he wrote the Hyojosho, uh, and is said to remain there in this mountain, but to this very day. For those mercenaries who aim for fame and glory, the battlefield is an opportunity to show off their skills. Of course, on the battlefield, danger lurks in every shadow. First of all, there is the obvious danger of dying in battle. Even the strongest adepts of war are still human. No matter how much fame and glory one has received, it means nothing in death. Another danger is the possibility of defeat. Once a war adept is defeated on the battlefield, any skill he has shown on the battlefield becomes meaningless to his peers. Any rewards or payment the warrior receives depends exclusively on their victories. The same can be said of the vassal lord who employs him. No matter how numerous or how powerful his warriors may be, the lord still risks losing them in battle. It is for this reason that the royal tournaments were created. The most famous of these is the Hisabuki Royal Tournament. Great warriors such as Kiba Kenyuki and Ujigen Kanemasa would later become, or who once took part in the tournament, have made themselves known across the land. But perhaps more than those famed warriors, it was the one known as the devil-faced devil boy, Kimen Yoji, who made the event so popular. The devil-faced boy gained his name from the horrible mask he wore to battle. Using his own unique fighting style, he defeated famed warriors such as Kiba and Ujigen, one after the other. Then, after receiving his reward, he simply disappeared, never to be heard from again. The regents of Hisabuki put great importance in the arts of war and spent much of their resources training and raising warriors for generations. However, not long after the devil-faced boy's victory, the land ascended into civil war over the regent's chair, eventually resulting in the assassination of the regent's entire family by a former warmaster. Such brutal tales are simply parts of the harsh reality of Tenra. The art of war skill is treated as a separate skill for each style. If a character has more than one style available to him, record it on the character sheet as separate skills. For each rank the character has in this skill, she gains a new technique. Attribute checks and the cor corresponding skill vary according to the individual techniques, although there is almost no instance that a character will need to make an actual art of war skill check. Instead, it is a a placeholder which shows the warrior's rank at that art. When a character uses a technique, you make a check based on the attribute and skill listed in the individual technique descriptions to determine success. There are two general types of arts of war. The first one are the normal techniques, um, an example being the Southern Seas One Blade style. The skill used is melee weapons. This school, which rose to become the main sword style of the Nanbo province, was founded by Yurabe Ganku, the samurai general of Kijikura. Yurabe developed this style through actual combat, in which he focused completely on the attack, paying no concern to defense. Those who follow the, th the Southern Sea's one-blade style teach that one must abandon all distracting thoughts as well as regrets in order to master the style. The essence of the Southern Sea's one-blade style is found in the strength of its swordsmanship, it contains no forms of defense whatsoever. At the skilled rank, imagine at having two pips, you gain the one sword ability. Only those who have gained an exceptional mastery of the sword from rigorous training are given the first teaching. 
This teaching is known as one sword, and those who have mastered it can use the body instead of agility trait when using melee weapon skill in combat for both attack and defense. At advanced, skill rank 3, they gain the self-sacrificing strike. You discard everything save for your blade when you strike. However, this is not an easy task. Only those with the strength of mind who can focus solely on defeating their enemy can master this. Self-sacrificing strike allows an attacker to force an Ayuchi attack on a defender. You must use body when rolling to hit with this style. This technique is only used when a swordmaster makes an attack not to defend, an Ayuchi attack being one where the enemy would also be forced to forego all defenses and place all of their stuff on attack. The master rank skill level 4 is the no body no mind. Even the will to defeat your enemy is abandoned. Only the blade which focuses on the attack remains, ripping through the enemy even if the wielder has fallen. At the no body no mind stage, nothing remains in the mind other than the attack. It may be more accurate to refer to this style as a stage of enlightenment rather than a sword style. Once you have reached this rank, your Ayuchi attack will still remain effective even if you have been knocked unconscious by taking damage from an enemy while using self-sacrificing strike. Your attack hits even as you fall. At the sup supreme rank, skill level 5, Indomitable Sacrifice Strike. It is said that Irabe Ganku could strike with this sword with such speed that even if his opponent drew first to strike, Irabe could cut the opponent in half before being hit. Reaching the stage of no mind and mastering not only strength and swordsmanship, but speed as well, he could not be stopped. At the final stage of the Southern Seas One Blade style, you can always damage your opponent first when using self-sacrificing strike. If you strike down your opponent as a result, they lose their opportunity to attack and fall unconscious or die before they can hit you. Another example is the Clarity of Heaven Strike, also using melee weapons. The founder of this style was Tenma Yoshimitsu, a bright lotus Buddhist priest. Wishing to defeat his opponents without killing them, he meditated on a way to fell his opponents. The answer, which led him to develop this style, was to simply deprive the opponent of their ability to fight. If one cannot use their hands, they cannot hold a sword. If one cannot use their legs, they cannot advance to attack. However, in actual combat, striking the limbs of one's opponent is exceedingly difficult and requires extremely precise skill with the sword. Accurate swordsmanship is the essence of this style. Skilled rank level 2, Nightblade. It is said that those who master Clarity of the Heavens can use their sword accurately in the darkest of night. You can use senses instead of agility when rolling to hit in combat, both in attack and in defense. Advanced skill rank 3 is the Forelimb Strike. You aim for all four of your enemy's limbs, preventing him from using them. Any damage from this attack is automatically taken as wounds, and the attacker can choose whether to assign the damage except for the dead box. You must use senses when rolling to hit, and this maneuver can only be used for attacks. Master rank level 4 is Critical Chakra Pierce. Some opponents maintain the will to fight even after they have lost use of their arms and legs. With this technique, you strike your enemy's vital areas, quickly defeating them without causing pain. This is the same as Forelimb Strike, but you can also choose to assign damage to Vitality as well as Wounds. You must use Senses when rolling to hit, and this maneuver can only be used as attacks. And Supreme Rank, skill level 5, is the Sundering Blade. They said that the founder of the style, Tenma Yoshimitsu, was once attacked by hundreds of assassins. He defeated them by destroying their weapons, leaving them otherwise unharmed. Whenever you damage an opponent, you can choose to distribute the damage to his weapon instead. When using this technique, you can choose to damage or destroy any weapon in the opponent's possession on a successful attack roll, not just the weapon he is using to defend. You must use senses when rolling to hit. This maneuver can only be used for attacks.
These are some examples of the common arts of war, things you might actually find in some archetypes in the Ten Rabancho Zero book, something you could pick up and have ready to use, and aren't necessarily too game-breaking in terms of balance. There are also, however, the esoteric arts of war. Whereas the arts listed previously are occasionally countered in the battlefield, the following arts are far rarer. No more or less powerful than the other arts of war, they represent lost schools, rare skills, and fighting arts that are rarely encountered. New players and game masters of the Ten Rabancho game should only use the above martial arts to get into play easily without having to compare the ins and outs of each art. However, for more experienced players, feel free to experiment with the arts of war listed in the below section. The first example being the ancient style lightning strike, using melee weapons. Sometimes an art of war becomes seemingly lost in the annals of history, only to resurface again in time. But it is, of course, not the techniques themselves, but the users of the techniques who revive the style. The lightning strike is one such style. The techniques of this style are based on quick thrusts of the blade. The essence of the style is speed, and like its name, the master of the style seems to move like sudden flashes of lightning. Because only those few who are gifted with unique physical and mental abilities can even attempt to learn this style, only a small minority have mastered it. Once they are gone, the style may disappear yet again. The names of the original founder and the ones responsible for reviving the style have once again disappeared into the mists of time. Rank 2, Skilled, Rapid Strike Though who have mastered, Those who have mastered the technique of performing two strikes in a single instant earn the right to call themselves swordsmen of ancient style of lightning strike. You can strike twice in a single action. You can make only a single roll to hit, but add a plus one bonus to the damage. This plus one damage bonus represents the second strike. Advanced, skill level 3, Lotus Strike. There are some who ridicule this style. Ignorant, they say while it may be fast, it is not capable of inflicting lethal wounds. However, the true nature of the style lies not only in the speed, but in the deadliness of the strike as well. The Lotus Strike can only be used in an attack, not in defense. If the character uses this technique in an attack, whoever succeeds in the attack first doubles the difference of number of the successes they have, and adds any modifiers like weapon damage to the total damage roll. Remember this applies to whoever wins the attack, meaning you risk taking extra damage if you lose. Master Rank, Skill Level 4, Reverse Strike Unfortunately, strikes in the style have their limits. In order to strike rapidly, the technique relies on finding openings in the opponent's defense. With the Reverse Strike technique, you move in accordance with your opponent's movements, waiting for an opening to strike. Masters of, the Masters of this technique can use the Lotus Strike in defense as well as attack. Supreme Rank, Skill Level 5, Focused Flurry of Strikes. This technique represents the pinnacle of ancient lightning strike style. To your enemies, your flurry of strikes appear as one single strike when you are in fact attacking with a near infinite amount of strikes, pierces, and slashes faster than the eye can see. When using this technique, you triple the damage modifier of your weapon. Allowing that's that's gonna be big damage because some weapons I've seen, you know, six damage base plus whatever successes you get over, you know, the difference of your opponents. Bumping that up to 18 damage, like that's going to knock out most opponents right away. Another example is the Typhoon Rider style, using melee weapons. In this age of gunpowder and advanced Yoroi technology, horsemanship and mounted combat is quickly becoming a dying art. However, paying no heed to the times, there are those who fight with their sworn horse companions on the battlefield. These are the horse riders among horse riders. Leaving their lives in the hands of their trusted mount, they charge into battle, balancing on the edge of life and death. This is the style of those fearless warriors and lords, and their horse companions who uphold and maintain the ways of old. 
Skilled Rank 2, Sworn Companion. Those who master this technique have sworn their loyalty to fight to the death with their horse companion. When riding your horse companion, you can use Station when rolling to hit and defending in combat. You'll also gain a plus 3 bonus to damage when attacking from your horse. Advanced Rank, Skill 3, War Horse. Masters of the War Horse technique are known for their speed and ferocity on the battlefield. When riding your horse companion, your speed is equal to your agility plus your station times 10 meters per round. In addition, your damage bonus for Sworn Companion increases to plus 5. Master Rank Skill Level 4, Champion of Horses. Those who have reached this stage gain a mystical bond with their horse companion, their spirits and bodies becoming one. Charging into battle in a frenzy resembling the legendary Ashra, they invoke fear and awe in the spirits of their enemies, and are objects of en envy and jealousy even among their allies. When riding into battle with your horse companion, your damage bonus for Sworn Companion increases to plus 10, and skill rank 5 Supreme, Servant of Hell. Your horse companion can go into a crazed rampage that would surely cause the death of lesser riders. All around you a whirlwind of blood and gore forms which evokes fear even in your allies. When riding your horse companion, you and your horse can leap up to your station times 10 in meters. In addition, your weapon damage bonus for sworn companion increases to plus 20. That's pretty, pretty bonkers. Plus 20 is a lot of damage, meaning if you are mounted and you are doing combat from a horse, you're going to be doing obscene damage if you manage to land a hit. That's definitely enough to start taking down your royal armors and things of that nature. And just for fun, since we have a little bit of extra time, we'll go into a third esoteric art of war. One of my favorites, I have a character named Daisuke Izanagi, who uses the Blackwing gun style, which uses the marksman skill. With the use of gunpowder-based weapons becoming more prevalent, various fighting styles that use these gunpowder weapons are also being developed. One of these styles is the Blackwing gun style, in which practitioners master the art of shooting with one weapon in each hand. The name comes from its founder, Yujima Kojo, who, wearing a black breastplate, charged into battle with pistols strapped all over his body. It is said that his only companion was a white dove, which was never far from his side. Skilled Rank 2, Double Shot. With a gun in each hand, you make a simultaneous attack with both weapons. Designate one gun as your primary and the other as your secondary and make a single attack roll. If you hit, both weapons strike simultaneously, providing a plus one bonus to the damage modifier of your primary weapon. The plus one bonus represents the additional damage provided by the second weapon. If the ranges for your weapons differ, use the shorter range. Advanced Rank Skill 3, Falling Star Shot. Although you wield two guns, one in each hand, you attack in unison as if they were one. When using Double Shot, you add the damage modifiers of your secondary weapon as well as the primary weapon to the damage of each attack. The effect of Double Shot is cancelled when falling, falling Star Shot is used. Master Rank 4, Cross shot. At this stage, you learn to shoot effectively at close quarters that would normally be thought of impossible for a ranged combatant. If you wield a weapon in each hand, you can block your opponent's unarmed and melee attacks with one gun while shooting with the other. In other words, you can defend against melee weapons and unarmed combat attacks and make counterattacks all using your marksman skill. You cannot use cross shot and double shot or falling star shot together. Supreme skill rank 5 is a lightning shot. Masters of the style can learn to use their dual weapons as if they were an extension of their body. They think and even see through their weapons, their left and right hands, and extended part of the user's senses. This technique allows you to defend and counterattack against incoming ranged attacks using your marksman skill, which is normally not possible. Though the arts of war are very interesting 
abilities that characters can get. They provide a sense of uniqueness and differentiate between characters who otherwise would play very similarly despite different backgrounds. Two marksmen are going to attack very similarly no matter what you do, but if one of them happens to be a practitioner of the Blackwing gun style, they get some options in combat that are really going to set them apart from other characters at the expense of having to dedicate some of their initial starting points or whatever experience in ki they may gain into developing further down this style rather than getting new armor or getting new weapons or being able to increase the stats and abilities they already have. That being said, the kind of unique gameplay they give can very much change the balance of the game. Um, using any of the esoteric arts of war should be something you bring up with your game master before you pick one, especially if you're going to be building your own archetype around using one and thus dumping a lot of points and stats into making it as effective as possible because that can really start throwing a wrench in your game master's plans if they are one of the game masters who plan ahead. I'm not one of those. I usually play a lot by year. But all that aside, uh, we're about out of time for today, so thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to contact us, you can find us at facebook.com slash d20dudes or twitter.com slash d20dudes or at d20dudes on Twitter. If you would like to say something to us, say hi, give us some episode suggestions or get to know the members of the podcast a little bit more. Uh, or if you want to do any of those things, you can hop into the Discord, the link of which is always down in the description and is open to everybody. Come in and say hi. We'd be glad to see you. Um, and we're going to roll the d20 and see what next week episode is going to be about. Well, if I can get the d20 out of the box. Here we go. Number 11, the player's best practices. These are going to be things that, regardless of the game that you're playing, should be something you do um, anytime you come to the table. You know, there's a certain etiquette to things. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a player at the table and how you can um, make the game a more fun and engaging time for everyone around you. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. We will catch you in next week's episode and goodbye.